medical science. She was she took some uh, treatments, but they did absolutely no good because it was just the kind that would not receive any kind of treatments. And so anyway, um, then Sandra passed in June. And so since June, I uh, took some time off, of course, and then I have slowly been getting back into preaching. And uh, I have been making contacts with people and to churches that I have a, a, a real relationship with. And this is how I feel towards this church, and I think you all know that. You all have been so kind to me over the years. And, and, and uh, I, I've just been going to churches that I feel very comfortable with. In case I have an emotional moment, they'll have it with me. You know, they're, you know, they're right there with me. And so you say, well, Brother Boldy, that sounds like to me you're sort of a coward. Yeah, I am. Tell you the truth, I've never claimed to be anything a whole lot. Uh, I really like that song, I, by the way, we just sang about coming to the table. That's probably one of the best songs I've ever heard. I've never heard that song before, but I'll guarantee you that one's going to be on my playlist so I figure out how to do it. My kids, my kids have to do all of that for me, and, and my grandkids. And so anyway, but that is a great song. Amen? And so I sort of fit in that crowd. You know, where he just says, come on. And man, I have found that mercy over the years. And I have found that grace. And so uh, I have just been going around uh, preaching at places that I've been going to for years. There's one church I went to. I've actually been going to that church since 1985. And uh, another one I went to, I've not missed going to that church in 23 years. So anyway, that's, I've just sort of been hiding out with my friends, and, uh, but God has been good, and he really has. The family's doing well, grandkids are doing good, my two daughters, they're doing good, and I, I really think we're doing as good as uh, can be expected. Uh, I told them that this was going to be to where they could see it today, and so uh, this won't mean anything to you, but they'll get a kick out of it. Hey, girls, I'm doing good. I'm really doing That's what we do to one another. If, if we get together and we start having an emotional moment, we'll say, you know what? We're really doing good when you really get down to it. We're, we're doing good. And so anyway, I'm doing good. And God's been good. And, and thank you all. I, I, I don't know how many cards uh, I got from this church. Um, you're good people. I've told you that for years. You really are. But, and by the way, the... the new way you've decorated in the evangelist quarters my goodness it's just wonderful and uh there's always stuff over there you, now how many know that i'm just supposed to be here the tonight this morning and tonight you understand that whoever does this there's enough food over there fruit rice cakes cupcakes I mean, I'm just, I'm here, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaving in the morning. Man, there's enough there to feed half this church. And you, but you guys always do that, and you're always just so kind. And I just really, really appreciate it. And, and the Robinsons, they've, they've got my quart of syrup ready to take back. I, I can't eat it. I, I, well, not was, let me, I can eat it. I don't need to eat it. But I've got a son-in-law that's about six foot two and doesn't ever gain a pound. And 
He can't wait. I called him last night and said, I got a quart of syrup I'm bringing back. And so they'll be having biscuits and syrup, and I'll be watching them. And, but anyway, you guys are so kind. Thank you. All right, so much. Let's get started, shall we? Turn with me, please. Oh, by the way, let me just tell you. You know what I've been doing? I, I've just been preaching to myself a whole lot. I really have. Uh, because... One thing I have found out, and I, I don't mean this boasting, um, but I found out that some of the things that I have tried to preach over the years, I found out they really are true. And, and I've been walking in them, those things that I've tried to talk about and encourage people with and try to give them some advice. I've been walking in those things. And now it's a lot easier to preach it than it is to walk it. But anyway, it is truth. And uh, so let, let's just see where the Lord's going to take us today. Go with me, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 21. John's Gospel, chapter 21. I'm going to read some verses. And uh, I want you to just listen because I'm going to do quite a bit of, I think, more teaching today than preaching. But anyway, let's just start reading at verse 1. John 21, starting at verse 1. After these things, you might want to note that. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two others of his disciples were together. Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Some of you guys want to volunteer on that one? I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children... Have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. Now Simon Peter heard well, now, when Simon Peter heard that, he was, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging their net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land... They saw a coal, or saw a fire of coals there, and fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, and although there were, no, there were so many, the net was not broken. Now Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. 
Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? <laughs> wow. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Now this is the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now isn't that some kind of story? Wow. Wow. Now, I think we've got to get something straight in our minds first. It starts out by saying, after these things. Well, what things? Well, we've got to go back to chapter 20. And in chapter 20, we have the story of the empty tomb. Remember when Peter and John went there and, and Mary Magdalene uh, came along? And remember in, in chapter 20, they found the empty tomb. A little later, she comes by and... She has her encounter with the risen Savior. Yeah, that's all in chapter 20. And then, you remember, Jesus met with his disciples. And he said to them, I'm going to send you out. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And he commissioned them and said, you're going to go out and you're going to, you're going to set people free. Man, wow. And then in chapter 20, they, they remember, they met back again and Jesus showed up and there's poor old Thomas. Thomas says, well, I'll not believe it's him unless I can t touch, touch his side. All of that took place in chapter 20. Now, after these things that took place in chapter 20, Jesus just sort of disappears again. Man, he's just gone. All right? Now, I don't know how long it was before chapter 20. Or 21 came into play. There's some time in here because chapter 20, it, it took place in Jerusalem. But chapter 21, it takes place back in Galilee. So I don't know how long we've got in here, but we have some time elapsed. And so they've not seen Jesus. Now get this, they haven't seen him. The one that they, the empty tomb, okay, that's in the past. Mary Magdalene, her witness of seeing him alive, okay? And then, then him meeting with them and then breathing, him breathing on them, all that's gone several days ago, maybe a month, I don't know how long, okay? And then this thing with Thomas, he said, touch my side, take a look at my hands. Yeah, those old things happened. Now that's all in the past. Some days have gone by. They've had a real connection with Jesus, and all of a sudden, he's gone. Right? They've seen him. He's breathed on them. They've touched him. And all of a sudden, he's not around. One day goes by, two days goes by, three days go. I don't know how long. I'm thinking several days goes by. Still no contact with the Lord. Something happens to those guys. Finally, old Peter says in chapter 21, I'm just going fishing. And they said, we're going too. Do you know what I found out in studying? I found out that they're actually saying this. We're going back to being fishermen. We don't know anything about this stuff. 
We don't know anything about being sent. We don't know anything about being apostles. We don't know anything about going out and seeing people delivered and set free. The only thing we know anything about fishing is fishing, and I'm going back to fishing. Discouraged. Hadn't seen him for a while. Hadn't touched him for a while. Everybody's still here. Ever been there in your life? Ever, ever had those times in your life that he seemed so close? Ever had those times in your life when you feel like you really had some kind of direction? Ever had those times in your life when you felt like, all right, I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, and then all of a sudden, he don't seem like he's anywhere. Where is he? Well, then I guess I must have made a mistake. I, I might have just eaten too much pizza or something and got all excited and had a dream or had something, you know. I, I'm just going to go back to where, what? Back where I'm comfortable. I'm going to go back to this area that I know something about, to where I'm in charge. Everybody still here? To where I can make some decisions on my own. And so they said, we're just going to go out and fish. We know fishing. Well, evidently, they didn't know everything. <laughs> because that night, they didn't catch a thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering if sometimes uh, the Lord doesn't allow us to have a failure uh, to where we'll understand that we might need to listen to Him that we're going to learn some things. I just think maybe that happens. Now in the morning, here comes Jesus. They're out there in a boat. They've been out there all night. Jesus is up on the land. They didn't recognize him. Evidently, they just saw a guy up there and didn't pay much attention. And Jesus said to them, Hey, have you... You caught anything? They said, no, no, no. They had to admit that they were failures. You might want to remember that too. That might help you sometime. You might need to just admit that you're not doing too good by yourself. Uh, and you're just not really producing a whole lot because you're out here floundering around on your own. And uh, Jesus does something quite spectacular. Somewhere, I don't know how he did it. It's not really a big deal for somebody that spoke the world into existence. But somewhere along the line, there were some coals. He built a fire. I don't know if he built it or just spoke it. Could have just spoke it. I don't know. And somewhere, I don't know where he got his fish, but he had fish there. There was bread there. Yeah. And when they finally came up to shore, they find that there's already fish, there's already bread. What's he doing? He's showing them, hey, I'm the same guy. Do you remember? I'm the same guy that took fishes and loaves and fed 5,000. Uh, hello, I'm, I'm still the same guy. You've gotten a little discouraged here. You're not really sure what your future's going to hold, but I, I, that's who I am. And so I want you to know I still have the ability to provide everything you need. 
And then he says something to me that's so profound. He said, hey, come and eat breakfast. All right. Okay, let's just come and eat breakfast. Right. Now, wouldn't it have been good if you could just eat and leave? But you see, the thing is, things are just really getting interesting now. Go ahead and eat. Hey, have some fish, have some bread. But then <clears throat> he singles out the guy that says, I'm going to go fishing. And he leads all these people back into the fishing industry. So Jesus singles him out. And we have this wonderful, wonderful discourse between Peter and Jesus. Wonderful. Now remember, this is, go ahead, eat. But it's, just eating is not enough because we're going to have to get something settled here. And he says to him, chapter 21, After they would eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, verse 15, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Question, who's the these? More than Do you love me more than these? Is he talking about the fishing business? Is he talking about the boats? Is he talking about the other disciples? Who's he talking about? What's the these? I'm not really sure. But he says to him, do you love me more than these? Answer, you know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my lambs. Jesus asked him again, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Answer, yes, you know I love you. And he said, then tend to my sheep. I'm reading out the New King James. And he said the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And it said, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Okay, let's just talk about this a little bit. Have you ever had the Lord in your spirit, seems like, just keep asking you a question? It won't go away. Now, anybody here besides me ever got aggravated with that question? Been there. Been there. I remember years and years ago, and you that know my testimony, when Sandra and I, you know, got back together, and we we got we broke, we lost everything, lost everything, started all over, back in 1981. Oh my word, it was horrible. Lost our house, lost everything. I mean, I'm talking broke. And uh, so I remember this was back in 1981, and this is when the prosperity message was really hot and heavy. Everybody was blabbing it and grabbing it, you know. Everybody was just claiming everything. And so, man, I, I listened to some of that, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try some of that. Because I was praying, man. I was just praying nothing happening. Really. I was praying. I was, I was trying everything. Nothing happened. Uh, anybody ever use your little warbly voice on God? 
oh, come on, I can't be the only person that's used it. And I, oh, God. <laughs> so I was praying over my finances, and I just, my voice was trembling. And, and I, 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 I heard of something said to me. I just, just as clear in my spirit said, who are you praying for? And I said, Sandra, Lord, we don't have money like we used to, Lord. Lost our house, Lord. Living in an apartment, Lord. Yeah. And it came back. Who are you crying about? What are you crying about? Who are you really crying for? Well, I didn't have much luck with Sandra, so I switched it to the girls. And I said, Darla and Michelle, Lord, they can't even go out with the young people after church on Sunday nights. I, I don't even have any extra money to give them for pizza. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here it come again. Who are you crying for? Who, what are you really crying about? And I got tired of that question. And finally I said, I just don't like being broke. <laughs> I miss my house in Lake Forest. I miss my Lincoln Town Car. I miss having money. And just as clear as anything, something said to my spirit, well, that's just not good enough reason for me to do anything. Don't you like that story? Isn't that a good one? Oh, yeah. That's all I felt. I know what Peter was feeling about. Because the Lord kept saying to him, Hey, do you love me? And you say, Well, he denied the Lord three times, so the Lord made him say it three times. Well, I think there's more to it than that. In fact, if you'll study it in the original Greek, you're going to find out this. Jesus was saying this, Do you love me? And the word that Jesus was using is agape. And that word is complete devotion. Am I precious to you? Am I the most important thing in your life? Peter's answer was philios. The word that it's translated love that Peter used. Is not agape. He's not saying that I am completely devoted to you. He's not saying you're precious to me. He's saying to the Lord, I have affection. I, I feel some type of an affection toward you. Jesus come back the second time, and Jesus on the second time, uses the word agape again. Do you love me? Are you completely devoted to me? Am I really precious to you? Peter answers again. Phileos. I have affection for you. The third time, Jesus changes his word. And he says, Phileos, that's it? You, you just have some kind of an affection towards me? And Peter said, you know all things. 
You know I have affection towards you. Interesting, isn't it? Something I want you to know that evidently this love that Jesus is talking about has to be something that's demonstrated. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. It tells me that love that we're to have towards God has to be more than just lip service. It has to be more than just something that we call to Him when we're in trouble. It has to be more than that. He's the Son of God. He's God in the flesh. He deserves more than just affection. He deserves more than just some kind of religious ritual. He deserves some kind of demonstration. Something to where we let Him know that we really do count Him precious. That we really are devoted to Him. Now, let's go on a little further. Jesus said, go to verse 18 if you're following in your scripture. Verse 18 is very, very important scripture. Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I tell you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Hmm. Look at verse 19. This he spoke, signifying by what death he, or Peter, would glorify God. Hmm. What kind of death is he talking about here? Well, in church history, we're told that the Apostle Peter was actually crucified. And he didn't feel like he was worthy to be crucified like the Lord, so they tell me that he was crucified upside down. Jesus is simply saying to him, right now, you're not totally devoted to me. Right now, I'm not the most precious thing to you. But he's saying the day will come. <laughs> the day's going to come that I will be the most important thing in your life. I'll be more important to you than anything. You're going to be totally devoted to me. Isn't that amazing? That's going to come in your life. You know one thing that I found out about this thing of serving the Lord? I'm going to be 75 years old in April. So I've been around this thing for a long time. And I am finding out that our affection for the Lord can grow. It really can. I have found out that years ago what I thought I, when I said I love the Lord, you know what I found out? I've looked at it and examined it over these years. It was always because of what he had done for me. Let me try this side over here. 
or how good he made me feel. You know? I use this as an illustration, and I hope I can get through this, but it's sort of like it was when I first met Sandra. I was a young, smart aleck evangelist. Thought I knew everything. I just had my 19th birthday. Walked into a church service. Her dad pastored on the other side of town. I walked in. My Lord, I looked over there and I thought, that is one good-looking woman. And I figured we'd about the same age. And uh, I, I nosed around and I found out who she was. And I thought, man, oh man, I'm goodness gracious. Uh, back in those days, you could, you know, people get calling, you book up with revivals. And I was, I was booked up with the revivals one right after another for over two and a half years. And I was just had my 19th birthday. And back then you had revivals for two weeks. And, I'm, you know, I, so I had a pretty stable income coming in here already. And so I, I thought, man, who wouldn't want to marry someone like me? Dear God. Man, oh, man. I mean, I got an income. I, I've got money's going to be coming in, going to be traveling. <laughs> Just such an idiot. And, I, and you know what? I, I fell for her. I wanted to marry her. And we did. We got married within, well, I met her in June. We got we married in that December. Yeah. It took me a while to talk her folks, and I guess they figured he ain't going away. But I wanted her. Man, she was a beautiful looker. I want, did you hear what I'm saying? She was talented. My goodness, she could sing. She could play an organ. She could play a piano. She was, I mean, she was very, very talented. I knew, buddy, she could enhance my ministry. I wanted her. And I used that word love a lot. And then as I've watched and examined it over the years, I looked at that and I looked back over and back in those days, it was simply me. What she could do for me. Is that your kind of relationship with Jesus? Just what He can do for you? Well, He'll keep me out of hell. Well, that's good. If I get in trouble, He'll help me. Yep, that's good too. If I'm broke, I'll pray. He'll help me. Yep, he will. He's good. But is that your relationship with Jesus? Just what he can do for you? How he can make you feel? I, 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 I'm, I'm getting a little bit past these feel-good songs. You know, I love these songs that tell me about him, how good he is. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Let's bless Him. Everything that I had is because of that mercy and grace. Everything that's good in my life is because of Him. And, and, and so I love that kind of music that lifts Him up and talks about Him. I'm not, I'm not much into these songs. I'm sorry. don't want to offend anybody. But these songs at all, I talk about how, feel, how good I feel. I feel good. I feel good. Well, I'll, I'm glad you do, but wonder if you don't. You know, 
Well, listen. He said, the day's going to come. And I want to just tell you, that day came in our life, Sandra and I, when I found out how to really love her. To where I was more interested in making her happy than I was being happy myself. I was more interested in doing something for her than what she could do for me. And I believe, my friend, that this is what he's saying to Peter. Peter, right now, right now you, you're sort of headstrong and you do what you want to do and you've got your own things going, but the day's going to come to where I'm going to be the most important thing in your life. And I believe with all of my heart that when we go back to the very basics of this thing, when God said, this is the great commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. How? Just somebody that's our fixer-upper? No. He's God. And we need to concentrate on this thing. Do I love him? Now, let's go on just a little further. He said to him, Signify, verse 19, this he spoke, signifying by what death he'd glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. All right. Okay, we done? Well, not quite. We're going to be done in just a minute. But this just always tickles me. Doesn't it just seem like that... Uh, that Peter just always had. Uh, he just had some difficulties in some areas, and this is one of them. But even after this discussion with Jesus, Peter comes up in verse 20. You know, now the Lord just finished telling him, the day's going to come that you're going to be stretched out. So evidently he understood that this meant that he was going to die the death of a martyr because the Bible said he knew then by what death he would glorify God. So now in verse 20, verse 20, he turns around, Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom the Lord loved. We know that's John. And he was following along. He had also leaned on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper. And he was the one that said, Lord, who is the one that betrays you? So Peter saw John, and look at verse 21. Peter said, but what about this guy? Now you've told me, and you've, you've raked me over the coals, and you've told me that you want me to love you, and you told me that the day's going to come that I'm going to have to go through some stuff that's not much fun and I'm going to have to go through some areas even looks like I'm going to be a martyr and you told me all of this well what about John tell me something about John how many love Jesus's answer Jesus's answer is to the point what is that to you Follow me. Everybody still here? 
Have you ever felt like saying that to the Lord? Well, what about the Lord? I'm going through this. <laughs> yeah. Lord, you're requiring this of me, but what about so-and-so? Answer, what is that to you? Follow me. Jesus never got off of that. What's he saying to me? After you've had a good breakfast, <laughs> after you've had a good time of fellowship, Jesus just gets down and said, here's the bottom line. Concentrate on following me. That's it. That's your job. And if we do that correctly, I believe our love for him is going to increase. Our, I, I believe our excitement as being a, of, a, of a believer will in, increase. I believe we'll have more enjoyment in life if we'll concentrate on following the Lord. Now, in just my last few minutes, let me just ask you this. How do you do that? How do you follow the Lord? Well, I go to church on Sunday. Well, that's good. That's it. That's following the Lord. Could be part of it, but what does it mean to follow the Lord? I've thought about that. If I'm going to follow anyone, like if you're going to lead me into Mobile, and you're going to lead me someplace into Mobile, and I'm going to follow you, well, the first thing is I've got to keep my eyes on you. In your vehicle. I've got to follow you. I can't let you out of my sight. And I believe that's a pretty good spiritual truth. If I'm going to follow the Lord, then I can't let my eyes and my attentions go off on everything else. I cannot allow my attentions and my affections to go every which way. I've got to keep my eyes on Him. I have to watch Him. I have to be close enough so I can follow. Now, here's another thing. If I'm going to follow you into Mobile or wherever you're, we're going to go, I can't get ahead of you. I have to stay behind you. Now, we don't like that. We like to be in charge. Somebody told us somewhere, brother, just go ahead and do it. Well, you're going to mess up somewhere. You really are. So if I'm going to follow the Lord, I've got to keep my eyes on Him, and I don't know any other way to do that except to make sure that I spend time with Him? That I spend time in His Word? That I don't just do all the talking, but I learn how to hear? Amen? And I learn how to obey? You that's been coming here when I've been preaching, I say this all the time. I never get off my knees without saying this. Give me ears to hear 
and a heart to obey. If the Lord ever taught me anything, He taught me that years and years ago. Give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to obey. Because as this life goes on, the only thing that's going to matter is me following the Lord. Amen? So what have you got in mind? What you got going in your life? Hmm? What do you got planned for this year? Well, I don't know about you, but in my life, things are different. First time when I, I felt so weird, the first time I went to preach uh, after Sandra passed, it came to me, this is the first time I've preached since I was 19 years old that, she, that I wasn't married. Seemed weird. Still, still feels weird. You know? Uh, it really does. So what do I do with my life? I'll tell you what I do with my life. Everything I should be doing with her or without her is following the Lord. That's got to be it. So here I am. What do you got in mind for this year? I want to follow the Lord. I want to keep my eyes on Him. And if I keep my eyes on Him and follow Him the best I know how, I will guarantee you that I will have a good year. I'll have a good life. Things will go well. I will never be disappointed because I know where this thing ends up at. <laughs> I can follow him in this life, but I know what, good Lord willing, I know what the end results are going to be. If I do this thing right, I'll end up following right into glory. Amen? We'll leave here. We'll swap out clothes. We'll take off mortality and put on immortality. And we'll be with the Lord. Amen? It's worth following Him, isn't it? Let's stand together.